Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. Overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our... Very go. So we brag about Jesus. We don't be silent about it. And that is an opportunity to lift the name of Jesus higher. And the scripture says, when he is lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. So we don't try to draw people to ourselves, to whatever situation or organization. We draw people to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you, worship team. And thank you for flowing in that prophetic song. And whatever to decree and declare prophetic prayer in worship. You see, uh, I have to wait for the maturity of how everybody flows in that anointing. Sometimes you can teach it too early and it goes like this. Yeah. But when the spirit and the people have grown and mature and begin to understand what it is to dive in into the anointing, that you would know that they were sharing not only from their own heart, that they were praying, they were prophesying about America. They were prophesying and praying for their generation. They are interceding in the gap. So watch those moments because they are not just a cute little thing and spillover of worship. No, they are words of the spirit that we have to adhere and begin to listen. The reason why I share that because this is the DNA of worship in this church. When we go out to do conference and seminar, we teach that. We demonstrate that. With you, we take it easy. Every Sunday is a conference to you. I'm just sharing because we will take every worship leader and grab, okay, go ahead, your turn now. Begin to do spontaneous songs and all of that. But here it's being modeled to you. And I felt like so affirmed on the leadership of Pastor Adon and the rest of everyone in the worship team because now our kids, you know, that we're raising up and for you to bring all the children here in front. It is one of the things that we are committed at Heights Worship Center. Thank you, everybody, again. Give an applause to everybody who shared in the food, in the celebration, in the arrangement, in the decoration for our celebration of 16th anniversary. I'm so proud of you, how you handle things around. You are the best in the city, in the nation, okay? And so we, we at the same time, just celebrate the goodness of the Lord for what he has done to us. If you continue listening to the worship today, the first word, when I say don't, uh, I'm not focusing <laughs> on Daniel, okay? I'm focusing on what the words came out of his mouth. He started, America returned to the heart of worship. Didn't you, you say that? Did you hear that? And say, okay, God, what is the spirit? Why? That he has, then he moved on to say, his generation returned to the heart of worship. Then he started, you see, pastors listen too. We just do, don't do all the talking. Okay, we listen. And more so, we have to listen what the Spirit is saying to the church today. The reason being, 
we had been nurturing in our spirit, what it is to go back to the heart of why God created nations. In the brief time that we will be going back to Asia in the part of October, we will be going to Taiwan. And they said, people will say, what, pastor? There might be a war and all of that. You will be in Taiwan. No, we're going to do and pray and do a, 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 a turnaround prayer all over the island and touch like about seven cities to do that. We'll inform you more of the prayer assignment. Uh, but as we begin to embark doing this, I was seeing what God was doing in America. I said, I have no business in going to any other nation you know, if I cannot address the situation in America. So last May, we had the opportunity to be in Washington, D.C. to do the prayer walk. We went through the halls of Senate and pray in the halls of Senate. We went to the halls of the congressman and prayed and saw our own congresswoman in our district here prayed for her. Guess what? When we prayed for her, she prayed for us. And her words was, when she prayed for us, bless the pastor, wife, and the church that they will make an impact in their community. So you, you understand, I don't know how many Congress people would pray over a pastor and a congregation. I receive that in behalf of all of you. Why we got stuck, we're not stuck, we're committed to this community. We have dedicated ourselves and set apart ourselves to this part of the city. Because God has entrusted to our city. As much as we take concern of the immediate area and location. But our vision is for the whole nation. So after Washington, D.C., we, we went to the Bible Museum. And there we saw the many Bibles and scriptures and the word of God that was brought into the land. Could you imagine? I didn't see books. I saw seeds. I saw people. My, my whole way of thinking and reading things, when I look, I say, okay, God, I see this. So I saw all the seed that was planted in America. I saw the different nations and different tribes and people and you would imagine, you will be dumbfounded for how many translations of the Bible. That means this word has been communicated to people so that they will know Jesus. Not only printed, not only spoken, but at the same time, kingdom of God is planted on them, with them, in their village, in their community. Because America sent missionaries to do that. And now today... The enemy is not happy. He wanted to destroy America and stealing it from us, the church, stealing it from your children. And that's the reason why there was a cry of let us go back to the heart of worship and, and decreeing that this generation, that the rest of the other generation will be able to go back to the original design and destiny why America was created. So let me share with you a little bit of the experience that we have when we visited Cape Henry. Cape Henry in Norfolk, Virginia is where the first landing of pilgrims. I know you heard about Mayflower, very, very popular. But the first one who arrived in 1607, all right, in April 26, 1607, prayed a prayer. 
which we're going to talk about. But listen to this video before we read the scripture. Thank you. April 26, 1607, that the first immigrants landed in America on this spot. They call it today Cape Henry. And they planted a cross. And the wood that they took was from the ship that they boarded to come to this newfound land where they settled to freely worship the Lord. Today, there are more of those that had come from many nations have found freedom to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm bringing my own cross right here to plant in this place, not only representing my ethnicity, the Philippines, but nations of the world that has come to the shores of United States of America to be able to find freedom and know the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And you might be able to be interested that many more people has come to this place and prayed for America, the blessing of the Lord and protection of this land to fulfill its destiny for the greater glory and honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless. Thank you. Would you put on the screen as well the same time photo? So this is like a rendition of a painting of how they prayed and planted the cross when they first arrived in 1607. I am just so delighted to see that there were records kept on this. And there was a prayer. Keep that photo on the screen. But we are reminded of what happened with Joshua and with Israel. Okay, you can get back the photo again. But in Joshua chapter 4, verse 5 and 7, there was a crossing over too that they have to do. It looks like there is a crossing over of things that God is doing in his kingdom so that what need to be fulfilled will be done according to his will and purpose. Not only for the pilgrims to cross over to America, but for people to cross over from darkness into light. Okay? And when we begin to see that, the story of Joshua come to reality. He told them, go into the middle of Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord, your God. It must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all, one of each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. Say the word memorial. In the future, your children will ask you... What do these stones mean? Then you will tell them they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, say the word covenant. The Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across, if you may say, crossed over. And these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So when you know scriptures that begin to shadow what the pilgrims did, they were not just planting a cross. They were building a memorial to tell our children's 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 children from 1607 to this present day. What is that cross? What is that place? What is Cape Henry stands for? When people came crossing the Atlantic Ocean to find a place 
Now, a lot of history that have written about the crossing over of the pilgrims would tell you and say, oh, they cross over because there was persecution of worship in Europe. But in the midst of that, there was a revival that was happening in Europe that they want to cross over to bring the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there might be restriction in their way of worship because now they find truth in the word of God. They don't want the tradition to control them. They want to be controlled by the power of the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. And with that, they cross over. They literally risk their lives so that they can bring the gospel to unknown lands and territories. You might put that into your note and say, okay, maybe fleeing for the persecution. But main thing that captured my thoughts was that they wanted to gain more of uh, territories for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They risked their lives. And so... When these people landed in Cape Henry, should you have a chance to travel to Norfolk, Virginia? Don't miss this place and go there. It would unfold to you many more things that God had spoken earlier to this nation that today we're going to go back to that heart of worship. So we can decree and declare, America, you can go back to the destiny why you had been inhabited. Why many pilgrims came to this land. There is a reason and purpose. So the prayer goes like this. Put it on the screen, please. I don't know if you guys can take a photo of that in your cell phone, but you need to be able to see this or you can Google the prayer in Cape Henry in the first, they call it first landing of pilgrims. So it was Reverend Robert Hunt who prayed this prophetic prayer. And if you would note, I put numbers there in, in, inside the prayer because there are seven focal points of the prayer that we are going to pattern our conversation this morning. We do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves, number one, to reach the people within this shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ, number two, and to raise up, Daniel, to raise up, read, don't look at me, right, you say, to raise up a godly generation after us. Now, Daniel, you were not saying that when you were worshiping. You were re-echoing the prayer 1607 years ago. You must realize that, that when out of worship, you were decreeing, God, America need to go back to that prayer. Need to go back to that prophecy. People hold on to your seat. Because if you've not heard this before and they did not tell you in school because of the history of America, we get educated together. They don't tell you this in the books because they would want to control you or how you think and figure out God. But the church will not hide the truth from you. And that's the reason why we parents, you got to be careful in how you send your children to school. We need to be watchful in what they are teaching your children. But this is the time we go back to the heart of worship and heart of worship is truth. So number three, to raise up godly generation after us 
And number four, with this generation, it doesn't stop, Daniel. Sorry, bro. You're going to be on focus right now. Okay. With this generation, take the kingdom of God to all the earth. So your prayer, become missionaries, brother. You were saying amen to this. You're, the spirit of the Lord was bringing your thoughts and your prayer back to 1607, which was the prophetic prayer. Why America has a destiny. Okay, are we able to weave this in together? So now you are set in a tone here at Heights Worship Center. Spirit is talking. God is dealing with, uh, with America. God is dealing with our generation, with the people, because we will be the church that will make a difference and matter in this nation. Hallelujah. And say, may this covenant of dedication remain to all generation. So it was not just for them, but to all generation, as long as this earth remains. And number five, may this land, along with England, okay, number five, be evangelist to the world, number six. And number seven, may all who see this cross remember that we have done what we have done here. And seven, may those who come here. So the prayer was about more immigrants. Not only the pilgrims, but they were praying, and more that will come to the shores. Wow. That means 1607, they were praying for us to come to America. Hello? Many of us who are, because our parents came to America, were born here. That prayer was in effect with you. This was a prayer decreed and declared because they have understanding that when they leave Europe, when they took out the challenge of the Atlantic, they knew that they're risking their life for the sake of the gospel. But at the same time, they want to win territories, new territories for God. And says, who may come here to inhabit, join us in this covenant? Join us in this agreement that in this most noble work that the holy scriptures will be fulfilled. Wow. So that means the Bible was not only the pattern. Song again back to you, Daniel. Firm foundation of America. Why are we running away from it? Why are we forsaking what has made us to become a strong and mighty nation? I don't deny we are a superpower both in the natural and in the spirit. But the more that we will grow stronger in the spirit and in our life as a church together, we make this nation stronger to contend not only with the physical enemies that we have, but even with the spiritual unseen enemies that we are fighting for. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers even in the air. And so today, I would not be able to finish this all. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to share this part of this Sunday and next Sunday. Okay. And thanks to Pastor Don for assigning me two Sundays. Okay, on the anniversary to be able to do this. But hey, first, like, let's do this. The dedication. What was the dedication? It says, we dedicate, we do hereby dedicate this land on ourselves. 
So that means we're standing on holy ground. So land America and people of America, you had been set apart for God. The word dedication meaning you are set apart for a purpose. There is a reason why a nation, a village, a community, a people, us individuals are born, are brought into existence. So pastoring in the Philippines for how many years and move up to America today, it could be like 25 years now, 25 years or 26, whatever, that we had moved from Philippines to come here. And wow, you know, and here today to celebrate our 44th wedding anniversary, just make it so colorful. You know, we had our anniversary as a church last Sunday and to be here. So all of this is being compacted in my head for all of the Wow, what is the celebration, Lord? And today I am more so celebrating for the return of America to the heart of God. Come on, people. If there is a cause to celebrate, hallelujah, everything will take a second place. First celebration is celebration of God's purpose for this nation. We begin to look at America in a new way, okay? We begin to look at the purpose why we are such a nation created for such a time as this. Because in 1607, people prayed, decreed and declared that we have come to the shore to dedicate the land and to dedicate ourselves. That's why we're not giving any inch of America to nobody. Don't try, to buy, don't try to buy our farmlands, okay? If you guys are listening to me, you understand what I'm saying right now. Foreigners are buying farmlands in America. And we are taking that back for whatever. And they buy those farmlands just beside some of our military bases. Too spooky, right? We're not on that conversation. I'm just letting you aware that in whatever reason and purpose happening in America, we're not giving them an inch. America belongs to Jesus. Come on. This land has been dedicated. The reason more you have to fight for your freedom. The reason more you have to stand for what belongs to you. Because you, are, you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. America has been dedicated to his lordship. And that first part of the dedication is land and people. That means land and people goes together. So our commitment to the people and commitment to the land. Boy, that's so good. Spiritual and natural. Because we're dealing with people, that means eternity. Soul and spirit. Body goes back to the ground when you die. Soul and spirit return to the Lord. Okay? But then he has them both that we have to be good stewards of land and people. And that's the reason why. How, how do we become good stewards of people? Start with our home, with our family. Who? With our children. Parents, I'm so proud of all of you. If there is a way we could express more, but we are so grateful that we have taken charge and taken it as not only a commitment to good parenting, but as a mission. So how do we start caring for people in the land? 
caring for our own homes and family. Be engaged with our children in school. Know the teachers. Know the people in the community. Know those that are parents, you know, of your children in school. Why? Because that's where you be able to spread the influence of kindness, love, acceptance, and at the same time of the value of God's word to people around you. And when we begin to see that, we don't want to wait for people to come to church to know Jesus. They, right there. They will know it on the streets. They will know that in the mountains, right? I think we're singing about that. Shout it from mountains on the street. There you go. So we see, we want to practice what we're singing. All right. So here we go. And then we can see that on this very, very dedication, people and land go together. Number two. He said, direction, reach the people within the, these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We call them First Nation. We call them Native First Nation. But we reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know how Thanksgiving was created. Back to, your, to, to the history of Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving to God and thanks for the First Nation. By the way, in missiology, we call our Native First Nation people, First Nation. Because sometimes derogatory statements are being made for how you call them. But we call them First Nation because they were first here. For, for, and, and for that, they were the, the caretakers of, of the land until destiny has been defined. Okay? And so we can talk about whatever had happened in between those times, but in the perspective of God, you know, the coming of the pilgrims has a mandate. Listen to this. The coming of Israel to the Holy Land has a mandate, right? You have to think in parallels. So they are not in conflict with the Palestinians. They are obeying God, okay? You want to have a conversation with that, we can talk sometime, all right? Because sometimes some people get so very engaged in some of the, we call geopolitical stuff and all of that, but they don't consider the mandate of what the Bible has to say. So first we go with the word of God. Okay, just so you can see the parallel for how that works for America. But then at the same time, now we can see that the First Nation American are holding on to the promise of the revival, being stewards, the original, and many of them get saved. So in every tribe reservation, boy, every tribe and reservation has not only a church, but there is a move of God. I just canceled the spirit of continually taking advantage of them, you know, instead of, you know, trying to really improve their life, casinos are being built for all of that. You can have all the conversation that goes with it. But I want just to decree and declare that God is on top of that situation, okay? God is on top of that situation, how people in government be able to handle that, but the first nation has destiny. That's the point. The first nation has destiny because when that prayer was prayed, they were included in the plan. Repeat. 
in the prayer, in the prophetic destiny of America, First Nation was included in the plan. Proof. World War II. Wind talkers. Anybody knows? Oh, my war movies let me know that. Wind talkers. It was the Navajo tribe that were the communicators to, to, to the, the land and to the ship to bomb all the islands. And the Japanese didn't understand. What are they saying? Navajo tribe. So in each of the operation on how they took all the Pacific Islands, Navajo tribe was part of the Marine or the Army that would be there, talk to the ship, bomb, and give the, the, the direction how, you know, and, and, uh, and all, the, all the, the mapping and say, boom. And they would say, what are they talking? And, and, and just a lot. <laughs> but I'm sure they, they save us. In many, and won the Pacific because they took a Navajo tribe to speak their language and never deciphered during the wartime. Okay, right? But for every tribe and nation, talk about revelation. What does the final word says? In the final word of the Lord in book of Revelation is that every Nation, language, tribe will be represented in heaven. So you would know every people, every tribe, every language, God has a plan and purpose. Okay, so we don't put them aside. They play a very vital role in what revival in America. And if you would note in the worship today, the rest was say, Lord, we want more revival. We want more fire in the nation today. And why we are bringing this to the surface again, because we are part of that, not just because of a local church, because we're the body of Christ. And so the direction is to reach the people within the shores with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if many more people will come here, and especially children in the school, we didn't want to neglect the opportunity that they can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how did I jump too very, very fast? First, let us read in the dedication, Joshua 23, verse 6 to 8. Joshua 23, verse 6 to 8. It says, so be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with other people still remaining in the land. Do not even mention the name of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Rather, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. So I, I keep this word to say, cling into the prayer and the destiny of the spirit that he has decreed and declared in the word of God when the first pilgrim came and dedicated the land and saying to us, be very careful to follow everything in the book of instruction. So that would be our dedication to the following of the book 
of instruction. Number two, what is the direction? Matthew chapter 6, verse 35 to 38. To reach people within this lands and shores with the gospel when they prayed. So here we go. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. 9, 35 to 38. Jesus traveled to all the towns and villages of the area, teaching in the synagogues. Boy, I would say, teaching in the public school, teaching in the backyard. You, you put some of those colorful and nice words. Teaching in my workplace, teaching wherever I go, in the grocery store, wherever you meet people, okay? And he healed every kind. Oh, I jump again. Teaching the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion in them because they were confused and helpless. Like a sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest ask him to send more workers into his field so the direction of the prayer prayer that was prayed in cape henry and say reach people within the shores with the gospel so that today we go to every town and village to go to every open door so whenever we sing and worship you know and talk about uh set an open door you know, as we pray and say, God, you, you set to us an open door that towns and villages, homes, communities will be open to us. Last night in this neighborhood, there was a huge baby dedication. It was almost like a wedding reception. Unbelievable. Who called for the celebration? A one-year-old girl celebrating and you could not resist the opportunity of just being able to plant the seed, you know. So I didn't know everybody. I just know the grandfather of the baby and, and all of that. But planting the seed of friendship, of knowing people. And lo and behold, there was that lady uh, serving. And uh, I said, that voice is familiar. And she yelled. Uh, Only to know that when she was a young girl, we were the one who baptized her in water. Uh, just, just to let you, I am dumbfounded, okay. So pastor cannot hide anywhere, wherever, you know, somehow. And she just, she was a live wire. She got everybody, and when she started talking, everybody turned around. You know, why did she, and she didn't stop, ah, oh man. Uh, you girls, has your way. You know, it was just a way, and people were just who, who we were. People, and then later on, they know that we were the pastors that are going to lead the baby. Oh, oh, okay, the pastor, okay, and all of that. But all of that was not attracting attention to ourselves, setting the momentum to be able to declare that it's not only the baby that has to be dedicated but families and homes to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So you see how strategic when God opens towns and villages to you. It could be anything, you know, that God gives an opportunity to be able to reach people that is around us. 
not only win the lost, but win new territories for God. Number three, and we will be able to conclude on point number three and continue on four, five, six, and seven next Sunday. Discipleship. And it says to raise up godly generation after us. Could you give, bring back again the, the prayer, the one that we had at the beginning? The prayer of Cape Henry. So we can see the flow. We do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within the shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to raise up godly generation after us. Wow, I could not invent that. That is so Holy Spirit. That would allow the minister that was on board on that ship to decree and declare discipleship, training, equipping, preparing the next generation. So we are heights worship, parents, grandparents, we are intentional. So in your way of Thinking church, include the kids. I, I think you said it again, uh, John. You know, did you guys have, bring the, the kids, parents? You called them for the parents. You know, because why? You lead by example, by bringing your kids. All right? And we see that. And that's why we, we could see that. Why so much about kids? There was a prayer way ahead of us. There was a destiny that carved the future. So if you become a parent yourself, oh boy, I, who, who was, oh yeah. Last Sunday we announced, uh, you know, for a couple, engage. And we have a little huddle after church and say, put church in the program of your marriage right away. So if you talk to me about getting married, number one, include church. <laughs> on how to be able to engage your family life together. Because if you don't include church, it will never come in, into the conversation. You're just gonna have a fight, okay? And so right away we include why? Because there is an intentional way to raise up godly generation, to raise up people who know to fear the Lord. Scripture verse we want to say is, and, and, and be able to encourage ourselves, Deuteronomy 32, 7 to 8, on how to raise up. Remember the days of long ago. Think about the generations past. Ask your father, and he will inform you. Inquire of your elders, that's the church, and they will tell you. When the Most High assigned lands to the nation, tie it to Cape Henry. When Cape Henry, when pilgrims landed, assigned America, okay? Assigned lands to nations. When he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the peoples according to the number in his heavenly court. Now, let's, let's have a conversation here. You read it backwards. There is a heavenly court that justice is being served. God knows everything, and he is a just God. He decreed as a judge in the heavenly court, 
you got a land assignment. Tell your neighbor, you got a land assignment. That's the reason why. <laughs> Buy land. <laughs> Own land and houses. <laughs> if you are blessed, come on, invest for the glory of God. Use it for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Oh, but the Antichrist is coming. No, never mind the Antichrist. We want to do the business of God right now. We're not in the timetable of Antichrist. We're on the timetable of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So if you're getting a revelation for, for acquiring land or whatever, house or anything, hallelujah. I just bless you with that opportunity in Jesus' name. So if you're reading the verse backward, you would see God is in charge of the heavenly court. And he was the one who set the boundaries. And when you, we, where you are now. But if you're thinking, hey, I'm here now. But if the, God wants to entrust to you more. Okay, God, just increase my boundary. Just increase my territory. I'm speaking the language now. Okay. All right. Because when you know what it is to understand spiritual territories. Then God will give you an understand what it is to have a real land territory. If you could be trusted with little, then God will trust you with some more. All right. And so with this, we can see that we are to raise up a God gener godly generation. But you have the whole idea to put a stake of ownership in the land. Remember back to the first prayer, the dedication of people and land. Okay, they cannot be separated. And so when we do prayer walk, Lord, we claim this land for Jesus. We claim Los Molinos for Jesus Christ. Lord, we claim Hacienda Heights belongs to you, right? And some people, it's a little bit crazy. Good, at least they know. We're crazy for Jesus. And who are you crazy for? All right, anyway, so we could see God has done this to appoint people the most high assigned lands okay to nations yeah we worry about war but if god has assigned land to nations and people they are war with god right okay if god has assigned let me if god has assigned taiwan to the taiwanese right and has been decided in this court, if somebody goes to war and grab Taiwan, are they in war of the Taiwanese or with God? It's up to you. So if America is dedicated to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the wrong ideology wants to rob America from what it has been set apart for, whom are they in war with? Right? So I don't have to even use this pulpit to even talk to you. They are war with God. God knows how to defend himself. We are to believe it. We are to follow his marching orders. And so with that, you know, we, we would want to be there for where God needed us. But he has assigned us. The place where we have to be. And he say, remember days long ago and about the generations past. So he has decided that today you're here. When? Long ago. Today. 
So if you're wondering, how in the world I got to this church? Oh, God decided <laughs> that you are a part of this home and family. Worship team, join me, please. Even the worship team. Today, I was just so blessed. I think, how many generations, you know, grandma, come on up. Grandma, parents, youth, kids. You know, almost three generations on the platform today. That's a testimony for what God is doing. So we're committed to raise up godly generation. We're, we're not going to stop doing this. And, and for that reason, when we say, God, okay, we want to stand firm for the assignment where you have placed it. Okay? Think for a little while. Start at home. What's your assignment at home? Second, what's your work assignment? Where you are right now. What's your work assignment? What is that opportunity? God has placed you there. Then move a little bit further. Okay, now where you are in the community. You know, whether that is in school, part of the community is the church, part of the family circles you are. What is the purpose why you are there? God said, I have assigned you for a reason. I have decided. And if you wanted to know, ask your father. You could have a spiritual father, mother. You could have a mentor. You could have a coach. That means you are accountable to somebody. I'm, I'm narrating the scriptures, by the way, and applying to your case. So if you don't have an earthly father, find one you can be accountable to. Coach, mentor, someone who speaks over your life. Somebody whom you respect and honor has a voice to speak to you that you honor and respect. Okay? Because we have to be accountable at least to somebody. All right? And if we cannot be accountable to a human being, how can we learn how to be accountable to God? So we need to have a reflection of that stewardship. So we ask our Father. We asked, who else? He will inform you, inquire of your elders. That's why we have some gray hair in the church and no hair in the church. Okay? Grandparents. Okay. We have parents in the house. We have elders, and they are to serve as reminders to us. So that's the reason why we have home groups, Bible study, so that when we bring the conversation of the scripture and of the word of God, we can ask, ask your father, ask your inquire of your elders, and they will tell you. As elders and standing as spiritual parents in the church, we will say we are committed to the Bible. We're committed to the Word of God. And if you would ask us, we will not deviate from this. We will speak to you what the Word of God has to say. We will walk with you. We will help you see what God had said before that today He is still saying to you. So now my prayer is that you will begin to
to enlighten you where you are now. And now you realize where you are now, listen carefully, you are God's servant in the place where you are right now. Begin to think your workplace. Begin to think of your home. Begin to think where you are, that God has placed you there to become His servant, to become His voice, to become His image. To become an echo of what he speaks to you that you can speak to others. Uh, I can go on and on with different types of settings for where you are working right now and begin to commend you and see you of how God is using you. And the variety of gifts that is present here in our church family I have to affirm you you are in the right place that God is using you so today when we pray I say God I release anointing and destiny and blessing that God can use you to help others return to the heart of worship that not only as a whole nation we say America return to God but through us individuals, people, family, would know what it is to return to God. You know, and that, is, and that is the way how God calls us to himself. Bow your heads in a word of prayer with me. Jesus, we begin to thank you that people ahead of us has walked the path to where we are. And they have left footprints. They left footprints where we can follow from behind and say, we just didn't wake up to what we have here today, but because there were people who laid the foundation and true enough, the foundation of prayer that people spoke to what our community, what our nation has become. We're not perfect, but we understand we have a purpose. And we want to pursue that purpose you place in our life. While every head is bowed, eyes closed, you're thinking about your purpose in life. You're thinking about reasons on how God has prepared you where you are now because God has chosen you to be His voice, to be His influence, to be His servant. And as you realize that right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I lead you in a prayer wherein you will ask, we all ask God's help to be able to realize that purpose. We're not going to give up, but rather pursue that which God has placed us, has called. He has set that boundary. He has set that place for us where we can be today to make a difference and we want to say yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're saying yes to Jesus, if you're saying yes to the place where God has placed you, if you are in agreement with God to say, God, thank you for trusting me that I can be your voice, I can be your servant, help me become who I am in you. 
Will you say this prayer aloud with me and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I have a purpose. And that purpose will be fulfilled only if I put my trust in you. Because I place my trust in you, I receive your Lordship over my life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. I accept your plan. I accept your purpose. I accept your Lordship in everything I do. I receive the calling to become your influence where I am today. I can only do this with your help with your power, with your strength. Thank you for calling me to yourself. If I have done things in the past that did not bring joy to your heart, I'm so sorry. Forgive me of my sins cleanse me that I can always be that person for the destiny that you have created I receive this in Jesus name Amen and Amen Thanks for listening to our podcast Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org.